right. The Sox are wearing those ugly Southside uniforms tonight. It's Southside Monday. What's Cueto doing? He just pitched a two-hit shutout against the Astros on Saturday in seven innings. I'm so bummed that the Giants got rid of him, even though it was the right thing to do. Yeah, uh, but he has pitched his – it was his first win with the Sox, but like his fourth quality start, so. That's all he does is just eat innings. Yeah, he's a welcome – keep you in ball games. He was a welcome addition, but now we have like six starting pitchers, so which is good. Better to have too many than not enough. Yeah, because Lynn just came back, so Lynn – Giolito, well, now you can ease him Cease, in. Cease, Kopech, uh, Vasquez, Cueto. Yeah. So. That's okay. Giant starters are dropping like flies. Well, we don't. Our position players are dropping like flies. So. TA oh, so are the position tonight. players. Huh? So are the position players. Uh, There's a lot of injuries. And yet they're hanging right in there. There's a lot of injuries league wide because of that stupid three week spring training. The whole you mean lockout. to tell me that not allowing the players time to build up for a 162-game season and then jamming mm. in a shit ton of games in a short period of time was detrimental to their health? I think that's what I'm saying. Huh. Yeah, weird, right? Who would have thought? Yeah. Not doctors and surgeons. Certainly not. Who, as soon as they saw the lockout, started freeing up their calendar. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We're going to be busy this year. Any arm surgeon was like, <laughs> mm, clear my main gene. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. Man. Song. What's up, Brandon? Hi, Mike. Hi, Brandon. Happy episode 45. Happy 45. Juneteenth, Mike. Happy Juneteenth to you, too. Could be the greatest episode in the history of podcasts. Trust me, I know. It's huge. It's going to be huge. Huge. 45. We have a huge, we have a huge guest that uh, everybody's going to love. It's going to be great. Let's bring him on to the show right now. Well, hold on. You know what's going to happen after 45? Yeah, oh, he's yes. getting a call. Uh-huh. Really? We're starting right now. You're going to cancel, really? Well, we were going to have uh, a huge guest, but he just canceled. Yeah, it's okay. He might be busy doing something else. No, he can go to hell. Whoa, hey, that was a pretty strong leap right there from nice guest to go to hell. You can be a big guest and still go to hell. I guess. It's hard for me to get to my board because the cat's laying right in front of it. Is, is it hard to get in the board because your pussy's in the way? Is that what you're telling me, Mike? Yeah, that reminds me of a Johnny Carson, um, Zsa Zsa Gabor uh, clip. When, uh, Zsa, you know Zsa Zsa Gabor, maybe. Not a clip. I know who Johnny Carson is. <laughs> Okay, well, you might as well be talking Chinese. Johnny Carson had Zsa Zsa Gabor on. She was still she had no a sister clue named that is, Eva Mike. Gabor. So she's a big actress, very fancy wow. person. She came on the that show big. with her. Oh yeah, she was. Mm. Came on the show with her her cat, right? And this might be on YouTube. She's got the cat on her lap, and she's petting it. And then she says to Johnny, <laughs> "Would you like to pet my cat?" 
And he he says, if you get that damn cat off your lap. Oh, she said, would you like to pet my pussy? <laughs> and he said, if you move that damn cat off your lap. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Yeah. So yes. I wonder if that clip's out there somewhere. Cause it was oh, I'm pretty, sure it's somewhere in the, pretty on fun. the, the Carson files. My brother saw him. My brother went to a taping right before Johnny retired. And um, he made noise in the background in the audience so you could hear him. And then, because <laughs> that's my brother. He just imagines you quite and I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then it's my brother, Rick. Yeah. And then he actually saw him in the parking lot leaving in his Corvette and waved to him. So. Carson flip him off and go, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Keep quiet in the show. <laughs> my brother has sneaked into backstage at concerts and met Dennis DeYoung and Styx and all the, and Journey and all these people. He just goes right in, doesn't care, acts like he belongs there. That's all you got to do. Confidence is key. Yeah. And then they call the police and they have him arrested. That's... Or they could, but he hasn't been arrested. They're just like, it's cool to meet you, man, but, you know, this is a private gig. Can you get out? But get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> oh, you got me. Oh. See you next time. So how was your week? It was outstanding. I worked half a week. Sweet. That was me last week. Two days on, and then by the time I go back to work, it'll be five days off. Nice little mini vacation. And I cannot recommend that work schedule enough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, two and five. Can, if you can work two days on, five days off, sign do me that. up. Well, that, you know, I told, <clears throat> excuse me, I told you that my friend Drew came back to visit us, and um, he he's talking about his pay and what he'll be making, and I think it's like forty months that they they top out to work eighty eight days a year. Granted, when he is working, he may have to run into a burning building. But we may have to run into a building where somebody's trying to shoot at people. Yeah, but 88 days a year. So he's actually going to be working. That's the dream. For us again as a part-time police officer when he gets out of the academy. So I'm okay. looking forward to him being on the street with us again. 88 divided by 365 <laughs> days in a year. He works 24.1% of the year. That's a firefighter for you. That's outstanding. Sounds about right, right? Good for you. Good yeah. for you. And he'll be making, you know, just over 100 Gs to work 88 days a year. I work more days than that for that <laughs> amount of money. I might work 100 days a year for 100 Gs. <laughs> <laughs> you out there in California, um, since your cost of living is, like, fucking ridiculous, you got to be making close, yeah. close to six figures now. Oh, yeah. that's I My first year, I cleared 94. First year. First year. Nice. Without much overtime, without cashing much of it out. But, I mean, like you said, at the time I was paying <coughs> like three grand for, and Mike's dying. Uh, I, I hit the wrong like, button. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Just see Mike frantically scramble to hit a button on the board, which I assumed was him hitting the cough button, which cuts his mic. And then you just hear all the coughing. So he did not hit the cough button. I didn't hear you, though. That's how I knew I hit the wrong button. <laughs> Damn it. I can't see it. The cat's in the way. You can, you know you can move the cat, right? No, look at it, man. He's so he's so peaceful. No, you could always move him. Yes, I know. He's he's sitting there. He's wide awake, yep. able to be moved. <laughs> he likes to be near me. I'm gone all day. No, 
Okay, so put him next to the board, not directly in front of it. You know, soon he'll be adopted. You think? And I'm hoping he doesn't go to, like, um, Buffalo Bill. People who eat cats? Buffalo Bill. <laughs> so You never know. My, uh, our dog, the lotion Jake, on he, was, the hose. he was fostered for seven years before we adopted him. Yeah, well, I would. I, I do can't know. for the life of me figure out. I can tell you, he's such a good dog. We had um, two cats that we fostered for four years, and they were finally adopted out. So it, you know, it happens. We're foster. Yeah, it's tough it for the no foster sense. family then to give up the pet, but they just do it to help out temporarily, even if it's four years, and then they don't want any more pets or whatever. So, yeah. When I brought well, him I home, we didn't have anything here for him, and I'm like. Texting, Jeff, where's the kitty litter? You made me get rid of all that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, ah, crap. Now you need to get some. <laughs> I, I need you to go get a, a, a little bit. Yeah. So you know how we talked last week about, you know, what's uh, either units that we wish we had done or we're yeah. planning on going into? Yeah. And we had kind of talked about, um, like, for me being kind of iffy on, like, sex crimes. Right. I think that's the one I'm going to go for. You're going to do ICAC? Is it called ICAC? No, not ICAC. Oh, okay. Not ICAC. Yeah, don't that, do that. I don't know. That I, I don't know if I get it, like, ease into it. Yeah, I would say don't but, do that. Um, but no, our, our sexual assaults unit. Because, uh, so earlier this week, I was heading in, and I heard a call come out for the Midnighters of his 12-year-old disclosed to her parents that the neighbor had been sending her inappropriate messages through Instagram. And... Uh, it turns out that he was doing more than just sending inappropriate messages, that he was actually abusing her. With and, pictures and stuff? Oh, physically or abusing physically. her. physically, okay. Yeah, like like through the fence. Um, Did you say through a fence? Yeah, well, they're neighbors. So, is it a chain so, link fence? <laughs> I have no clue. I, I'm <laughs> sorry. I, I don't I want go to. The, I didn't go to the call. Okay. I just heard or is it a wooden of, fence with a knot in it? it? Well, I mean, it, from what it sounds like is it was more hand handsy stuff. Okay. Um, but and then the next day, I hear or I see on you know the map when it's got all the units in the city. I see the sexual assault units out, kind of out and about, and I hear them make a pedestrian stop on the guy and hook him up, and then confirm that he has a that apparently within. 18 hours, they wrote a Ramey warrant for the guy that was granted at a million dollars bail. Wow. Good for California. For, we don't have Ramey warrants, so I, that's uh, an amazing tool that you guys have in your tool chest. Yeah, and for those of you that don't know what it is, a Ramey warrant, so the way the way this usually goes is uh, an investigative unit gets a case. They build the case. They then send that case off to a district attorney. Or I guess in your state it would be a state's attorney? State's attorney. Okay. Then the lawyer looks at it and goes, hmm, you don't get enough. I need this, this, and this. Then you go back and you get this, this, and this. Then you go back and you go, I'd really like to arrest this guy now. Can we can we go arrest this guy now? And they go, I think you got enough. Let's go talk to the judge. And then you both go to the judge and say, hey, you presented the case. Hey, we really like to arrest this guy. And the judge either goes, yay or nay. Uh, at least in California, we have what's called a Ramey warrant where you bypass the district attorney and it's usually saved for 
like high risk offenders or something where there's an imminent danger to somebody else. So you bypass the district attorney, you go straight to the judge and you go, this dude needs to go to jail like yesterday. And the judge goes, I agree. He signs the arrest warrant right then and there. Only, only downside to it is you immediately start the clock for the speedy trial. And usually the district attorney doesn't like it because they don't know what they have yet. Right. <laughs> and they Surprise. have a guy in custody. Yeah. Like hi, you have you have three days to charge him. Could you do that, please? Yeah, please. But I I do like the idea of putting pure unadulterated evil away for as generations. Long as possible. Yeah. So they- because it's the one thing that still gets heavy time. Like I I did a or I I listened to a case study from that unit where it was a father who was abusing his daughter. And he was given 144 years to be served consecutively, not concurrently. Good. So he's got to finish one sentence, and then he can go on to the next one, and then he can go on to the next one. So, Do they keep his corpse in the cell for like 144 years? That's what I've years? always wondered. Like, eventually he's going to die. Like, what happens to the body? Like, do you release it back to the family to no, bury it? Or no. Just, like, go bury it out back. It just stays in the cell. They just wall off that <laughs> yeah, but cell. You're going to eventually need the cell for somebody no, else. No, like we'll build a new one. And you leave it there as like an example of like, you see what happens. Right. You put the glass up. <laughs> Child porn guy right here. Yeah. So they served warrants on his computers and phones and stuff at all? I, I don't know. I'm assuming that they were able to. Confiscated the fence? Yeah. Took the fence. Swapped the fence, the fence for DNA. Right. It's, you know. That's. Um, sick and hopefully he'll get killed by somebody with a broom in prison. I mean, if he gets shivved in prison, I mean, it is what it is. Saves taxpayers some money. Yeah. All right. So other than that, so you want to be detective Stabler (laughs) and the SVU. Well, I don't know about Stabler. I'm not that unhinged. (laughs) He's not really unhinged. He's fucking unhinged. (laughs) But, that thing, sexual, the SVU uh, unit of your department, basically. Sex yeah. crimes unit. Yeah. Kind of think that would be uh, rewarding. How many years do you have to have on before you can apply for said I can apply. Right now. I can apply right now. Are there any openings? There are not. <laughs> how long's the Which waiting is, list? And well, how deep? The, the list is good for one year, and then they they'll do another round of testing. Okay. Whenever they have openings, so they'll probably let this current list expire. Right. And then. Did you take a li- uh, a test? No. Oh, so you put yourself on a list to take the test. Yeah. Okay. I so it. you submit your your memo of interest into it and give your resume, and usually you go up there and say, "Hey, what should I pay special attention oh. to 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 do well on this?" Uh, oral board interview. And I was like, yeah, you should probably look at this, this, and that. Okay. All right, cool. And I thought you, you were going to say, who should I pay to make sure my name goes to the top of the list? Who do I need to bribe? Yeah. Well, I wish you luck because uh, that'd be fantastic for you for a while until you got sick of, you know, that stuff. Well, well it's a three-year assignment, and then I got to go back to patrol for a year. Okay. And then I can test for another unit. Oh, and, nice. So... It's kind of a cool way that my department has things set up where most specialized units are a three-year gig. Then you have to go back to patrol for a year. 
and then you can apply for another unit unless it's the same unit you just came out of, in which case you have to stay on patrol for three years. Okay. And I should have no problem finding sex cases to work to send up there because my beat has uh, one of two county hospitals in this major city. So typically, when somebody's a victim of sexual assault, they go to my hospital. Oh, all right. And then you would respond as the, uh, they would make the claim at that hospital. And then and I would come out. You get notified. So would you be, a, you'd be a dick then? Well, no, I, I still take it as the patrol officer because oh. it's, the hospital is in my beat. Okay. I so got then you. I would respond out and say, okay, what happened? All right. And then as a, so you do regular patrol duties until you would get activated yeah. for a case. Oh. Well, no, it's so I'm, I'm talking about right now. Oh, right, so right now. now. Okay. I, if I want it like as far as building my resume and right. getting them, okay. sending them my work. I work in a pretty good beat to have that. Right. Okay. That so, makes sense. I'll go ahead and take all those. And then if I want, it's kind of another nice thing is if I want, I can go up there with say, say I get a case on Wednesday that comes into the hospital and it's, you know, a sexual assault. I can, after I type it up and send it off, I can go hit up that unit, say the next day, and go, hey, I took this report yesterday. I'd like to work this case with you guys. Yeah. And then usually I can do that for overtime. Oh, that's cool. And then see how they, see how things go on their end and what all they have to do as far as, I know like one big thing is writing preservation letters to social media stuff or preservation warrants to social media and then doing like pretext phone calls and stuff like that. See what I miss by working in a smaller department. You know, I don't get a chance to do that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, and the nice thing would be, <clears throat> those would be the only cases. So I would become kind of a subject matter expert in right. that case, in that right that area. Yeah. Oh yeah, big stretch by the cat. There we go. And I'm just gonna be right in the way. Here we go. He walks, ah. he walks that way. I don't Bucky. know what he does over there. Then he goes over this way to this end of the table, and I had the flag sitting over there, so I put it on the floor. And then <laughs> thinking he wanted to lay down over there. No, no, he can come no. right back here. No, no. Yeah, no, this is this is fine. Okay, he's okay. So yeah, that's no, I didn't have too many cool exciting piece pieces this week, though. Interesting uh, work there that you can do, and, and nothing else in your two days of work. Nothing really. Big. Actually, so we've had a a bit of a interesting spree of assault with a deadly weapon cases, hmm. where these jagoffs are riding around with a CO2 gun, and I don't I don't know how CO2 guns work well enough to really speak too intelligently on this, but I assume there is some sort of regulator that regulates the amount of pressure you can put behind the projectile. My daughter had a CO2 like 1911, but she would just, <clears throat> you know, you put the cartridge in the, in the, yeah. Unit, right. But then once you cock it and, and push it forward to load it, it was just punk, yeah. one you couldn't, hers, you couldn't regulate. Well, I, I'm assuming there's some sort of internal regulator that's like, Hey, you can't use the full pressure of this cartridge. Oh, I don't know. Just in the projectile because we have now two cases where people were shot with this CO2 gun from a moving car and it penetrated their lungs. Holy shit. Yes. 
Dude, that doesn't sound like a normal BB gun or pellet gun. That's what I'm saying. It's like the I just watched No Country for Old Men yet again. It was oh, on. the little. <laughs> yeah. But I'm thinking, you guys walk around with a oxygen tank and a cow prod thing, um, you know, a bolt. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is that on at least the case that we caught, um, you could see the projectile on the X-ray, and it looks like a pellet. Oh. But pellets are but, softer than BBs. <clears throat> Yeah, but I mean it it has that shape to it. So okay. either way, if it's pellet BB whatever, it's supposed to like from that distance a regular one that you buy off the shelf like it's it might pierce you're, the you're skin. not even going to maybe well if you're getting shot from a car right and you're on the sidewalk No, they have some like type you're of... gonna, you're probably not even going to realize that you got hit with anything. They have a friend who's good with tools. I guess. <laughs> and then he made it. But like yeah, maybe. Maybe it's a zip gun, who knows. I just, I just played the clip of George Carlin talking about flamethrowers for the <laughs> for the guys at work, <laughs> and they'd never heard it or seen it before, and that's what you know. He's like, so this guy who's got an idea that I'd like to throw flame on someone, but he doesn't know how to do it. But he's got a friend who's good with tools. And that's what the guy with your, <laughs> your pneumatic BB guns got a friend. That's with what I'm tools. saying. Like I don't know if there's an internal regulator that they somehow tampered with or. Hmm were able to bypass, but yeah, interesting. Like, holy crap, but it's doing some serious damage to people. I'm sorry to hear that. Just innocent people walking down the street, not gangbangers mm-hmm. or anything. Because then, you know, fuck them. Nope. But, okay. the, only, the only thing that all the victims have in common is that they're all female. Oh. I he know. He hates it, it, women. It's starting, it's starting to take on the life of a, a TV episode. Or maybe even Dateline. Maybe this could be a Dateline. Yeah. But no, it can't be a dateline. Someone's got to die first. Um, someone's lung gets punctured enough and they don't catch it. That might be a... Well, that's the thing is our victim, it was initially non-life-threatening. Okay. And then I guess the pellet moved close to the heart. And they're like, no, this is very much life-threatening now. Right. I'm like, oh, shit. So do you guys classify that as an aggravated battery? Uh, so what we call it is a, an assault with a deadly weapon. And it's a felony. Well, I figured it was a felony. I just didn't know what classification, uh, crime-wise, you... Okay. Because we have a couple of different ones. We have, you know, just your regular battery. Right. Right? You and I get into a fight, I punch you, you miss. Or you, you spit at me, that's a battery. Yeah. Yeah. Or poke me unprov- and then, unprovoked, just like a poke, unintentionally. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a battery. I yeah. know, I know. Okay. I love it. Or throwing water on somebody, that's right. a battery. Yeah. Um, then we have, like, bat- uh, battery with great bodily injury. Like I beat the crap out of you, right? Like causing you know some pretty serious damage, and then there's assault with a deadly weapon where you actually use a foreign object. Oh, yeah. I guess. Or in a weapon capable of causing great bodily injury or death. Right, great bodily. Harm. Oh, I'm sorry. I think it's serious bar- bodily, bodily injury, injury now. Or death. Yeah. Great bodily injury is too. I don't know, scary or vague. Or, it's not politically correct, so we have to change it. Pretty much. Police bad. Yeah. So that's it, huh? Yeah. Do you have any pictures of those um, x-rays? Um, not on my personal phone. Oh, on the work phone, though. Yeah, I had to take pictures because that's we used to have like these little Sony cameras. We'd take pictures, take the sure. SD card out, go into our station and load it into a computer and then put it up in the cloud. Well, now we have department-issued cell phones that we just click, oh, click, everything click, goes to the cloud. click, and then we send it directly to the cloud from our phone. Because that's fancy. 
like cam- cameras on phones have gotten to the point where they're just as good, if not better, than what some of these other cameras were. Yeah. And then we have the ability to immediately upload it and not have to go anywhere. Because right. a lot of times, uh, sometimes people would forget to upload pictures. And now you can just be like, nope, I have it done. I'm going to send them now. That's cool. I've backing up an officer from another jurisdiction last night. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on a traffic stop in my town. So at first I asked him if he was poaching. That son of a bitch. Is he poaching in my neighborhood? He goes, yeah. I go, don't worry. I ain't doing any of this. Thank shit, you. So you're not taking my Thank guy, you. my speeders. <laughs> but then he was. That's what Mike looks the guy and goes, Thank you. Right. Thank you. I didn't Why want to. Why don't you come a little bit further in? Yeah. And <laughs> usually, this whole area? usually they're chasing people through my town, which results in huge crashes that we have to clean up. So this time, at least I'm glad the guy stopped for him. And uh, <laughs> he had his MDT up with all of his ticket information, but he was also using a tablet to do his ticket on. And then it sent it right to the printer. And I'm like, are you doing your ticket on a tablet? And he goes, yeah, you guys don't have that? I'm like, dude, we're lucky we got squad cars. <laughs> Tablets that issue tickets? So that, no, we don't have that. So that's actually something that uh, they want to move us towards. Like, there's a couple officers that have like the little printer and stuff, and they can do that on their department phone. And they basically use the camera to scan the license, input the offense, oh. and then click print, and it okay. we have, comes out. You go, here you go. The MDT is hooked up to a printer, and we can do – we issue now our parking citations or local ordinance citations or traffic citations doing that electronically onto a laser-printed ticket that you can put on a wet car and it won't run or smear or anything. But not from a tablet. I guess it's the same technology. It's but just, Yeah, it's the same idea. We just don't have But tablets. speaking of like a laser or a thermal printer, yeah. I saw something today that blew my mind. What was that? Um. There is a particular woodworker uh, on Instagram. Maybe you've heard of him. His name is Daniel Dunlap. Yeah, I know Dan. I don't know. Apparently, he's kind of a big deal to people. Um, I, I hear he's the bow tie king of like Omaha. Uh, he's so also anywho, Team Silverado. Go ahead. Yes, he's very much a, a Silverado guy. Uh, but he was using his thermal printer to print stickers. Really? Yeah. And it was just the little, the little circular stickers with his logo on it. Yeah, yeah. And just running them through. Oh. That is genius. Yeah. Cutting out the middleman. Yeah. No sticker mule or sticker. Or sticker beat. I think he beat. used sticker beat. Or what's the other one? I've used sticker mule and sticker beat. They're both fantastic. Not sponsors have, of the show, but I do like them. I have used uh, neither. I, I don't believe. Have- I'm trying to remember the name because it's a it's a small outfit out of um, Rancho Cordova, just outside of Sacramento. Okay, I used to live in Sacramento, so I like supporting kind of small yeah. business. But I think it's Sierra Custom Stickers or something like that. Okay, uh, they're on Instagram, but they do a great job and real quick turnaround and real nice people. All right, owner of it actually just had neck surgery, so she's recovering, doing well. Okay, I forget what for. I don't know. She's not like I'd been crooked a- neck lady, is she? No, she's not crooked neck lady, but she had like okay. a neck brace on. I was like, what the hell happened? <laughs> Did, do you know who crooked neck lady is? No. You have Netflix, right? I do. Okay. You and Annie should watch Haunting of Hill House. She's not going to go for that. Oh, dude, you got to watch it with the lights off, too. <laughs> well, fuck no, she's not going to go for that. <laughs> Please, just to tell her it's a comedy. <laughs> I, no. I enjoy being married and don't want to lose half of my things. It's such a good show, dude, but scary as all get out. Yeah, no thanks. 
I don't, but Crooked I don't Neck need... Lady's in it. Okay. That was the reference. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll ask her, but she's going to look at me and go, no. There were two seasons. And then she might follow it up with, are you fucking idiot? <laughs> she, so she doesn't like to be scared. No, she's she's not. She she used to be down for that kind of stuff, but you know, I think after we hit thirty, she was like, "No, I don't need to be scared. I don't want to be scared anymore." Yeah, try and get her to watch it. Just tell her, "Hey, Mike and, told us there's a good show we should watch," and she's gonna hear the uh, the in the name. She's gonna go, "No, yeah. haunting of Hill House, I'm, haunting." I'm gonna pull no. it up and like, "Hey, yeah, let's watch the uh, the trailer." And it's gonna be five seconds. She'd be like, "Fuck no." I guess Liam Neeson actually did the movie. It was called The Haunting. That's what this show is okay. based off of. They just redid it into a series. Okay. Um, I did. I have the movie on VHS. That's a thing. I know what VHS is. Yeah. I was around for those. I still have, you know, a VHS player and like four hundred VHS I think, tapes. I think I'm the last generation that knows that, what it is. That knows what a VHS is. So <laughs> that actually made made me think of something. Uh, while we were in Colorado. We went to a, um, it was advertised as a children's museum. I wouldn't call this a museum. Okay. So one, were there it's children at a ch- there? Well, my children were there. Okay. <laughs> so it was at a church and, uh, yeah. I'm like, okay, well maybe it's, you know, Christian based. Like I can, I can get down with this. So maybe the pastor's like, yeah, it's just upstairs. Um, we, you know, it's free, but we do, you know, we love donations and all that stuff. All right, I, I got you. Here's the, here's a 20. Cause my kids are going to fuck this up. <laughs> so we go upstairs and say, and it's, it's a playroom, dude. It was a playroom. Did you ask for like your a, money back? No. You're I, like, I figured, excuse me. Where's the museum? Where's the museum? Where, where are the pieces of art or is history? This, what is this? What is this? <laughs> but no, I like I laughed like me and Annie and uh, my stepmom Janet like we were just we walked up there and started dying laughing like this isn't a museum well, like whatever you like guys. no it was a good time like they just got to go play but um, Caleb found they had like an old you remember the old camcorders that you had to, like hold on your shoulder yeah I had one yeah it, so did it. everybody did um, but he picks it up and he's looking at it and he walks over he goes hey dad what's up buddy. What is this? It's a museum piece. <laughs> I laughed. And I looked at Annie and Jan. I go, hey, I go, here's the museum thing. Right. There's the one piece. <laughs> I go, I go. so you know how I have like the handy cam thing that's super small and I can record video? Goes, but yeah, you usually use your phone though. I, go, I know. Even that's out, outdated. I go, this is before the handy cam. This is like from when I was a kid. And you had to walk around and hold it on your shoulder, and you look through the eyepiece here, and you could see out the lens, and then you see this big thing that looks like it holds a cassette tape. What's a cassette tape? I go, shut up. Right. <laughs> I go, there used to be a thing called a VHS. He goes, Dad, what's that? He goes, I know you don't know. Like, so it used to be on film, which would run, and you would shine a light through it, and it'd be like a flip book, essentially. And you could... You would then You're get trying the motion. To I'm trying to explain like VHS and cassette tape technology to a nine year old. Right. And he's just looking at me like, well, I didn't, you mean people didn't just use their phones to do this? Like, people didn't have phones to do this. Their right. phones had cords and were tethered to a wall. Yeah. 
goes, but how did you like make phone calls when you're on the go? And like, you didn't, it was a much simpler time. It was peaceful. You found a payphone when your pager went off and you had to find a payphone. And if you, and if you didn't have enough money for the payphone, you had to scam the collect call stuff by doing 1-800-C-A-L-L-A-T-T. Right. <laughs> and I said, hey, please say your name at the beep. Mom, come get me. I'm done with cracks. Beep. <laughs> wow. I, oh, I told you I took one of those cameras up to the Bears mini camp, right? Training yeah. camp? Yeah. And I pretended like I, the, yeah, you pretend the microphone you <laughs> just plugged into my hand. Just, yeah. Just yeah. Oh, uh, good time. Well, yeah, no, that, I got a kick out of trying to explain that to him. Because he's just looking at me like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, why don't you just stream it? Right, yeah. Because yeah. it wasn't a thing, buddy. Just, it wasn't a thing. They live in such an <laughs> unbelievably technology, technically advanced fucking world. Wait till their kids are growing up. Oh, my no. God, man. A little bit, like, could we like not talk about that? Yeah. Well, it's going to be happening for me sooner than you. So, Yes, I know. I think maybe. But my kids don't. I don't think knows. either one of them wants a kid, so that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Mike's not going to be a like grand music. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's okay. I think uh, my kids are going to be the only grandkids that, that for sure my in-laws see. Okay. Because my, my brother-in-law and his wife, they ain't having kids. Yeah, there you go. That's funny because like everyone, everyone wants to ask them like, you guys ever going to have kids? Because y'all are getting rid like you're 40. He's like, nope. I'm like, one of you is 40, one of you is like 35. He's like, this needs to happen if it's going to happen. And I laugh because nobody wants to ask them because nobody right. wants to be rude. Yeah. But I kind of don't care. <laughs> of course you don't. So, so I'm just like waiting for the day when everyone's kind of like whispering, whispering, whispering. And be like, hey, you guys even fucking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it like it would go over great because my brother-in-law knows the kind of person I am. So does my sister-in-law. We joke about this stuff right. quite often. Yeah. It wouldn't be so bad. No, it wouldn't be weird for me. Well, and got, then when everyone else looks at me, it's like, Brandon, I'm like, what? You guys want to know if they have Make kids, sure your son's using the video re cam recorder to record that question. Yeah. <laughs> like, Here's the handy cam. <laughs> We're going to make a lot of money right. on America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah. R.I.P. Bob Saget. <laughs> I can't stand that show. And it's on right before American Idol. And I got to watch like the last effing that two show, minutes of it. For me, uh, Stopped existing when Bob Saget was no longer the host. Then they they had that guy that does the Dancing with the Stars host guy, right? He was the host of it. I don't. Know. And now it's Carlton from The Fresh Prince. He's the host. I have no clue. And it, he's got the most uncomfortable watched. jokes he has to read at the end. And I'm like, it's just so cr <laughs> I'm cringing for the poor guy. He went from dancing like an idiot as Carlton to telling stupid jokes on. Family video, home video thing. They're still giving away $10,000 an episode. Or They're still giving away ten grand. Yeah. Huh. We should put some of our police videos on there. If that doesn't win, I don't know. Do we have would. to get releases for that? <laughs> nah. Who even knows of recording them? Recording that shit on my phone. Oh. <laughs> well, mine is like. Yeah, well, you can. Yeah. Publicly available, I guess. You just got to ask nice. 
I, I, is it my turn yet? <laughs> I don't fucking know, dude. It's just stream of consciousness, dude. We're going. This is the Bill Walton episode. Was he wearing number forty-five? Actually, this is Michael Jordan's comeback episode, forty-five. This is Michael Jordan's dumped, baseball episode. When he dumped fifty-five in the garden on the Knicks, when he came back wearing number forty-five, <laughs> and he did. A I think nickel. I think he still got it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we had a bunch of stuff this Can weekend. Can you imagine how good he would have been if he had never taken time off? We would have won eight in a row. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I, I'm right there with you. There's no way the Rockets beat. If him. his father wasn't murdered, and then he needed a break. And then he went, you know, left the game. Yeah, um, eight in a row, easy. Maybe nine because they. It's hard to break up that train, but once the second three-peat was done, you know, it was just Bulls management was oh, stupid. Everyone was done. They they had one more in them, but oh well. Did they though? Yeah, I gotta rewatch the last dance. I thought that like that was. That's first one of, all, of the best documentaries oh, I've yeah. ever seen. Fantastic, but don't forget it's told through the eyes of Michael Jordan, so it's kind it's of true. slanted. Nah. but I loved it. I watched it. The, the only eyes that matter, Mike. It made my eyes water actually. Watching it, I believe um, it. Those were some of the best times ever as a sports fan, and being part of, you know, the network that broadcast the home games before the playoffs and. It was just amazing time to to be part of that. So it was fun. But back to reality. Back to life. Back to reality. That's perfect pitch, by the way. We're going to probably get flagged for copyright. (laughs) I'm going to say no. I don't know, dude. I had a video taken down on Instagram from my son's kindergarten. This is like five years ago. His kindergarten Christmas recital for singing copyrighted material stop instant i swear to god instagram took it down so i had to appeal it and i haven't heard back yet from five years ago yes from he was in kindergarten he's going into the fourth grade like are you shitting me right now for, when for jingle bells when did you post it the day it happened oh, it's been five <laughs> years and you haven't heard it's back up, it's been up there for five years well not it's been you've been what do you call it protesting it what do you say you were doing to it Appealing the appealing, decision. yeah. So it's off. Yeah, it's it's off. You now. have to win the appeal. Yes, but it it had been up there for five years. Uh, you still have it. I'd like to see it. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to go look. While you talk about your week, I'm going to go look. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go look for your VHS tapes of the yeah, go ahead jingle bells. Go ahead. Go ahead and talk. I had so much stuff. One of the calls I went on um, reminded me of you, and I wanted to like text you afterwards because I was laughing my ass off in the squad car. You should have. We had a domestic battery arrest. We didn't. The day shift did. Or the previous night shift, I forget. But anyways, the prisoner was in our custody all night until the morning when he was going to be transported for a bond hearing. So his brother, he bonds out in the morning, and then when I come back to work in the evening, he he shows up in the lobby, and he wants to get his personal belongings. So I'm like, yeah, okay. So I give him a shit, and then he's got... um, He's got an order of protection against him. He can't go to the house with like, he's got a map with a circle on it. And he says, if I need to get to this part of town, he's a Hispanic guy. And, but I can't go down this street because part of the circles in this street and I have to go. So we're describing all that. And then he asks me, I need to get my car. I'm like, okay, is that, it's at your apartment. I assume he's like, yeah. I'm like, all right. He goes, my brother's here. 
can he go pick it up and then bring it to me here? And then I don't have to go anywhere over there. I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. I go, just have your brother walk over there. It's like, you know, two miles. And he goes, you can't give him a ride? I'm like, well, I'm not a cab. Let me ask. So I just walked away and sat in a squad room for five minutes. I, no one to ask. It's just me. I'm like, okay. So I gave his brother a ride. So I, we, I don't know what the car looks like. His brother just has a key for a Mitsubishi. So we show up at the apartment. His brother's never seen the car or whatever. I don't know why. And we're, we're walking around the parking lot looking for a Mitsubishi. We find one. The key doesn't fit. Luckily, the owner didn't see us trying to get into his car. <laughs> so I go, what's well, about the opposite side of the building in the front? So we walk to the front, and I see a, a beat-up Mitsubishi with no front plate, and I go, that has to be it. So the only thing missing was the Magnum insurance sticker on the back, and that's a law enforcement joke for everyone out here in the Midwest. <laughs> um, so the brother, we get in, he opens the car door, and he gets in, he leaves the door open, and he goes, oh, this is another Hispanic guy. He's like, oh, this is great. And he hands me a bottle of half empty Modelo. <laughs> God, it's always fucking Modelo. <laughs> and then he goes, here's another one. Here's an empty. He hands me another empty bottle of Modelo. And I go, well, let me dump this shit out and throw it in the garbage can before we leave. He goes, can you please follow me back to the police station so no one else pulls me over and I get in trouble for shit that ain't mine in this car? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'll follow you back. No worries. So uh, I was laughing my ass off. I wanted to send you pictures of the Modelo as I was throwing oh, it in the garbage can. Freaking Modelo, dude. That's true. I swear. I'm like, it's true. He goes, I don't know what else is in this car. I'm like, don't look. Don't look. don't look that hard, man. Right. It ain't my arrest either. I don't want any part of it. <laughs> my my cousin, or my cousin, my niece Lexi came to visit me. Um, she was up from Florida, and she came on Tuesday night, and she was at the PD for like maybe five minutes, and then we had a rollover crash, so I had to run out on a, a big rollover accident. And that's where I found an inflatable tire plug into your lighter thing still in the box <laughs> on, the, on the ground after all the cars were towed. So I put it in my truck, and I have one of those in case my tire goes low. We had a call at the Motel 6. God, I hate these people. There's nothing but shitbags that even work at the Motel 6. And I got in this discussion with my wife. I'm like, ain't no one with a master's degree working at Motel 6. She's like, how do you know they don't have a master's degree? (laughs) I'm like. Because they work at Motel 6. That was my answer. (laughs) So we get a call there for something. Oh. A guy calls, he's in town, African-American family, five kids, big van, needs two rooms because they have seven people. So he books the room and a third-party app, um, like Expedia or some bullshit. He goes to check in, and she goes, okay, well, we need ID for everyone that's going to be in the room. He's like, it's me and my wife and my five kids. And he's leaving the next day for Saudi Arabia for a vacation. So he goes, I'm going to put my five kids in one room and my wife and I are going to be in the other room and they're conjoining rooms. And she's like, no, we, I ain't renting you. We can't have five kids in the room. So I refuse to rent to you. And he goes, it's two in the morning. Where am I supposed to go? So he calls the police. That's civil matter. Obviously we can't make them rent to oh him. Oh my God. What did you do? I called the police. <laughs> God, I hate people. Let's solve your own problems. Just so, for once. you know, 
we tell them when we get there, this is private business. They can rent to you or not rent to you. We can't make them rent to you. So my partner's talking. It was his call. I'm in the backup. He's talking to the guy outside. I asked him, do you want me to go in and get the clerk's information? He's like, yeah. So I walk in. This cunt. Oh, my drop the C word. Puerto Rican chick. I can't stand her. Oh. Yeah. Um, I ask, you know, her side of the story. And she tells me, he was going to have five kids in one room. And I'm like, can't he take three kids and him in one room, two kids and the wife in the other room? Kids are split up, parent with each. The oldest kid was 13. That would have been fine enough. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just not going to rent to him anymore. He lied to me. And then Gio came in. It was his call. And, and Gio goes, what part of his statement to you was a lie? And then she, she tries to say, she's, she's making shit up. I go, you're making shit up now. Well, I'm not going to rent to him. I go, fine. We'll get him out of here. I just need your name. Uh-uh. You can get my name from my, my general manager. I'm like, what? She cool. Was, call him. She goes, you can call my general manager. I go, you know what? Fuck you and fuck this place. Don't call us ever again for anything. And I walked out and she goes to Gio. What's his problem? <laughs> he goes, you're not even worth talking you? to. Yeah. So he comes out. <laughs> we tell the people, you know, where they can go. There's a couple other motels or hotels that are nicer and better place for him to stay for like the next five hours at two in the morning with his five kids. And he was very appreciative and, you know. He understood that we couldn't do anything financially for him or get his money back. So while we're standing there, the security guard, who also probably just got his GED, um, comes walking up to us, and he's like, hey, man, uh, we had a death here today, which they did, I found out later, and there was a guy walking in out of the room, and Detective so-and-so told us to tell you if we see him, if he's on our property, because he's got warrants, and he's a person of interest in an investigation, I'm like, all right, well, nothing at roll call about a death at Motel 6. Right. So I I said, I haven't heard anything about it. And I looked at, you know, Gio, and Gio's like, nope. And then Dan shows up, and Dan's like, I said to Dan, do you know anything about this? He's like, nope, call over the boss. So as we're waiting for the boss to get there, I see this guy, mind you, it's 2 in the morning, walking through the parking lot. And I'm like, I said to the security guard, who's that fucking guy? He goes, oh, that's him. That's the guy. He's got warrants. I'm like, oh, all right. Could you say that louder, please? <laughs> it's really loud. So the guy's like just having a smoke, and he he walks to the entranceway of the of the um, motel where the main street is, and he's just standing in the apron there having a cigarette. And my boss pulls in right past him and stops like right there. And then we tell we tell our boss, I'm like, listen, this guy's saying this. And he's like, oh, I don't I didn't hear anything about it. No, the previous shift commander didn't tell me about it. He calls the detective on call who doesn't answer his phone because it's two in the morning. And that yeah, was the detective who's sleeping. Yeah. The detective who told this guy <laughs> to tell us to, to take this guy in because he's wanted for warrants. They gave us his name, but motel six is such a shitbag organization. They don't. How dare you? They don't copy the, the name of yeah, Tom Bodet. I know Tom Bodet's rolling over. And he's not dead yet, but he's still rolling over somewhere, probably in a Motel 6 bed with in his, bug bites. In his bed of money. Yeah. They don't take a scanned image of the driver's license, right? They, they have some machine that scans the barcode on the back of our driver's licenses. It just pulls a name and address. No date of birth, yeah. 
no picture, picture, nothing like that. So they, they write down the guy's name and they give it to us. And we're like, all right. So we do a little investigating on the computer and run him. He's got no warrants. And we haven't been told he's wanted to be for an investigation, but apparently he was the last guy to see this dead guy. And he was in and out. They probably they think he probably robbed the guy after he died. I mean, you don't need the money. Right. <laughs> right. Can't take it with you. Am I right? <laughs> but he's got a hit on there on his leads message for um, attempted murder of a police officer. I mean, some bad shit and likes to fight the police. And he's standing right behind us. Literally, he's like 20 feet from me. Hey, guy. Yeah. He Now, I got my back to him. Gio's watching him. We're both up against the sergeant's car, so Gio's looking at him, and I'm looking north in the parking lot for anybody else that might be coming. And then out of the clear blue, the guy walks right up to us. Hey, man, you got the time? Um, 2.30? Time to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, thanks. And then he walks away, and the security guard's like, are you going to take him in? I'm like, no. We got, Why? We got, I'm not going to violate this man's rights. So then... Uh-huh. Then the Come Puerto on. Rican cunt comes out, and she comes up to the car because now we're all there, and she's well, like, the, "The fact that she's a cunt has nothing to do with the fact that she's Puerto Rican." No, no, nothing. Let's just make that a right abundantly clear because I know somebody <laughs> somewhere. No, don't take it wrong like, away. Look at these racist people. She could have been, you know, the green. She could have been Gamora. She could have been white. Gamora. Could have been black. Could have been Asian. Right. Could have been Mexican. First of all, I don't see color. Second of all, right, she's just a cunt. Just, Seriously, he can't. He's colorblind. Happens to be Puerto Rican. Everything is gray. Because she's got that Puerto Rican accent, and it just drives me nuts. So she comes out, and she's got a pad of paper and a pen. I need all your badge numbers. I said, you can call my chief and get my name. Fuck you, you <laughs> cunt. And my boss is like, what? My, and she's, so I, I'm, I was facing her. I was bladed, you know, facing her, gun side away. And then I'm also sitting next to the squad car. So I end up turning my chest towards the car and she's standing to my left. She can't see my name. And she's like, look, she's trying to lean into the group. And finally, Gio's like, go away. You're, we don't need you here. But I, I've You're had to, in my bubble. I'm so sick of the Motel 6. So that was just one interesting thing. And then we had a couple, um, we had a, um, a male black went to two of our gas stations, asked for four packs of Newports. The first gas station he went to, he asked for four packs of Newports. The guy puts the Newports on the counter. Then he says, oh, I'd like that thing over there that's on the wall. And then the clerk's like, okay. And then he goes over to get it. And then the black guy grabs the, uh-huh. right, the guy grabs the smokes and runs, right? So the first call we get for the retail theft, we go over there. The guy's gone. They don't want to file a report, which is cool. Less work for us. They just wanted hey, us to know about I, it. I, I sympathize with that dude because uh, 19-year-old me, working at um, a sports apparel shop, grabbed down an authentic you know, jersey for a fella. He's holding it, looking at it. He goes, yeah, could, uh, can uh, I see that no. one that's up there? And I walk over to get the hook, and, and I turn around, gone. and he's gone. Same thing. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. No, no, I don't want to report this. Yeah. No, I did. I was like, okay. you motherfucker. I even picked him out of a six pack. Oh, excellent! Good for you. <laughs> we, so we got a he good. He came in. They're like, "Which one is it?" I mean, it's that, that guy, fucker. Yeah. <laughs> we got a description of him, and uh, so we we leave. As we're leaving there, they they finish interviewing. I went to get a diet cherry coke. 
or Diet Cherry Pepsi. <laughs> That's all I wanted. They were there. The three, because we only have four guys. I roll up. I'm the fourth guy. I go in to, to hear a description of the offender because we have other 24-hour you know, gas stations that are open. And then um, I need a Diet Cherry Pepsi. So the three guys, our guys, walk out to the parking lot, and I get my Diet Cherry Pepsi. As I'm walking up to pay, a male black uh, older gentleman with a fedora um, comes out of the bathroom. First of all, I love fedoras. I want to wear one when I'm older. I have a few. I just don't know what, what, what age can you wear a fedora and pull it off. I'm not at that age I think yet. you're old enough. I don't know. I think you're old enough. You I've tried. Next show, you need to wear a fedora. Okay. Although, then I can't wear my cans. Yes, you can. You can take, and they're called headphones. <laughs> they're called cans. You just take them, and you rotate okay. them that way. I'll try. See? It's easy. All right. So I grab my... It's I called pay, problem solving. I pay for my pop. Soda, whatever you want to call it. Soda. And I... I walk out and I hear this guy jawing at Geo. He's, I hear him do this. Don't you be violating anybody's rights tonight. And I'm like, what did he just say? And Geo goes, we're not, we're going to try good not to, sir. You know, he's all being all polite. And then he goes, he says, don't you be, he says it again. Don't, don't you be violating my rights tonight. And Dan goes, okay, thank you very much. And they're walking to the squads. And then Gio goes, what's the punchline? And the guy goes, there ain't no punchline. Don't you be choking anybody. Tyrant. And, and Gio goes, don't you be committing no crimes. <laughs> I'm oh. like, it's time for me to get. Dan goes to the sergeant. Gio's going to get in a fight. We better leave. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're going to want to defuse this. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy was just a completely huge passive aggressor trying to just bait us into trouble. But as soon as Gio put him in his place, but I won't choke anybody. You don't commit any crimes. And he didn't like that at all. So I'm like, what the fuck? And after that, 30 minutes later, that same guy, that not that guy, the cigarette thief, went to the, uh, our other gas station and stole four packs Did from them. Yeah, and that was my report then. And they actually wanted a report. So as I was going in to write it, I stopped at my friend's gas station at works overnight at the third gas station we have that's open 24 hours and my buddy Hank and I just wanted to let him know if some guy comes in here asking for new ports don't don't put him on the counter <laughs> just call us give him the description he's like all right but the guy made off with 120 dollars worth of cigarettes just eight packs that's a ridiculous price but times are bad he needs a smoke yeah. times are tough so I got other stuff, but we can let that go till next week I just uh the instigator guy at the gas station don't be committing no no, don't be choking anybody. Geo, don't be committing no crimes. <laughs> See, that's always my go-to, and they're like, don't be violating anybody's rights. I'm like, don't break the law. Right. Or, because people would get all super butthurt. So now it's like, don't go do nothing stupid. Yeah, we just say don't go. Which is just good life advice. I had to tell my sergeant to stay out of my zone last night because, so as you know, we have four guys. So just three that are taking calls. We have a west yeah. zone, an east zone, and a rove car. So Friday night, Dan's in the east. He gets fucking hammered. We get like, we get 18 calls, but 14 of them are in the east. Jeez. <laughs> and, no, that was Geo. Because at 5.30 in the morning, right when you just want to kind of, for the last hour, not do anything, the sergeant's patrolling in the east and finds a hit and run that three cars got hit. So he calls the zone car over. So, so he writing it? 
Uh, no. <laughs> right? He calls the zone car over. Who's got to do all this paperwork? So the next night, Saturday night, Dan's in the, in the west, and the sergeant's on patrol in the west, and he gets behind some DUI driver who passes out at a stoplight. <laughs> so he calls Dan over. And Dan gets there, and he's like, guys passed out at the wheel. Dan's like, okay. And he's like, I'm, I'm motioning with my hand, like, go to the car. And Dan goes, oh, no. <laughs> I don't want to do He goes, I didn't see him driving. I didn't make contact with him. He goes, I'm a, he says this to the sergeant, I'm going to let you know just because you don't know because you just came to our shift. Don't ask Mike to do this because he's crabby and will say no. <laughs> and don't ask me to do it because I've been fucked too many times by previous bosses that say, book this guy for this, and then they don't show up for court. And then the officer who has nothing to do with the case looks like an asshole in court. He goes, I'm not doing it. You, you caught it, you kill it. <laughs> So, oh, I don't. So usually we call it you catch it, you clean it. Okay, but yeah. you Whatever. know, catch it, you clean it. You catch it, you kill it. So okay, Dan, I can see that being problematic. Yeah. So <laughs> me and Gio were on a different call, and Gio's like, I think they got a DUI over there, and I go, There's no way Dan's doing a DUI. It wasn't his. He didn't make the stop. So I, oh, I guess we'll wait and see. And then we hear, Yeah, we we helped him get his car off the road. He was having car issues. Dan parked his yeah, car did. in the parking lot of a hotel. <laughs> so solid decision. Yeah. But the sergeant goes, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have even taken that. I shouldn't have taken that crash yesterday either. It's not my job is to um, supervise, not take paper calls. And we just had a sergeant who's now a lieutenant that not only would he take something if he rolled up on it, he's out hunting for DUIs and stuff because that's what he likes to do. So now we're gonna we're gonna be have the complete opposite. So I told last night I said to my boss, don't don't be looking for shit in my zone. I don't even want you in my zone. Stay out of the east. Do your shit on the other side. But as he was driving around over the last two nights, he found four couples having sex in cars and parking lots in the dark. Hey, everyone's got a thing. Apparently his thing is finding people fucking. Yeah, he was supposed to, like, call me in on one of them the next one he saw, and then he didn't have a time because he, he, like, come around the corner, and there's a car, and he's got all his lights on and stuff, so he's already, like, you know, spotted them. But the jig is up. One of them, the door was open, like the back door, and there was some like hard seltzer box on the ground. And when he <laughs> snuck up, the guy got off, and the chick's legs were like wide open. I'm like, oh boy, sorry you had to see that. You it know, winked at me. The first question: Is she hot? <laughs> He's like, not bad. <laughs> it's a solid seven. Yeah. Like, all right. Call me over which, next time. I mean, which, I mean the, for patrol, like a seven's a ten. Right. I'd get the Melissa McCarthy chick. Yeah. You know, I had a be my luck. I had a boss that said, like, hey, if you ever hear like a, a naked chick call come out, even if you don't attach to the call, you always at least roll by. Just in case. <laughs> I had a sergeant in my other department get mad at us um, when I was in FTO training with the guy who had twelve years on less than me. Um, we're, you get a call of a couple of suspicious vehicle during the day in a new construction area and someone called it in. And then the first responding officer got there and from his dispo, we knew what it was. So we decided we're going to roll over there and check it out. Boss got so mad. Not you, you not all have to come over here and check this out. Just cause someone's having sex in a car. What? I said, yeah, we do. We didn't yes, know we if do. this guy was going to fight. We came over. He's like, I'm not buying that bullshit. <laughs> Boss, this is what you call a fringe benefit. Yeah, right. 
You take oh. a lot of crap. At least just let us have this. Yeah. So that's that's it in a nutshell. Do yeah. more stuff next week. Um, I'm going to bring up the Officer Down Memorial page on my phone because I forgot to set up the second computer down here because we were kind of rushed tonight. Oh, while I'm looking at this, sadly, you know, my wife forwards us articles for the show, and then I'll peruse them and see if we, when we do the news stories and stuff. And she sent me one of the two officers that got ambushed on the, in California. Yeah. And um, they went, I think the call was for someone that was stabbed, right? And they show up and they get shot. Yeah. So... I told her, I'm like, yeah, man, um, every call I go on like that, domestic, I'm just waiting to get ambushed on. <laughs> and she's like, oh, that's too bad. I'm like waiting for her to go. Instead of her going, you should probably retire now. No, no. Yeah, you're right. Oh, that's you too bad. You should retire. Like, oh, that must that be sucks. scary. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you make it through the next one. <laughs> my buddy life goes, insurance is paid up, right? Yeah, that's what my buddy's <laughs> like. She's got a huge life insurance policy on you. Oh, yeah, I hope not. All right. I don't want to ask her about the life insurance policy. I just wish she'd say, yeah, it's dangerous out there. Stop going to work. <laughs> but that, oh, man. that's not happening. I mean, you could just take it upon yourself. Oh, I say, wanted to talk it's about. It's too dangerous out here. I'm going to stop going to work. Before we do the names, because it is law enforcement related, um, when I originally wanted to retire, I want, uh, a friend of mine who's a detective, hold on, the cat's. Really not going to lay on this board, is he? Probably. Come on, over here. Oh, no, don't step on that. <laughs> um, a friend of mine, not only is he the detective at our department, he's also the mayor or village president, you know, at a city where he lives just west of us. So one of his, when he became the village president, one of the first things he did was bring in a new chief which is a friend of ours who was the chief at our, our police department. So that chief has asked me on a, a few occasions to take the test and work over there for him. And then they finally did a lateral. And I told them I don't want to take the test when I do all that physical agility shit, just do laterals. At the time, they didn't have them. Then they finally had them. So he, he called me and said, hey, we're doing laterals. You'll get hired. And I said, yeah, and then I'll go from working midnights in my department to working midnights in your department in a city I don't really know. So no <laughs> thanks. I, I did say, though, I'd like to be the truck officer, truck, and, truck enforcement officer, overweight officer when I retire. So they had a guy on um, days, part-time truck enforcement. And for people that don't know what that is, when you get a semi-truck or what we call bombers, the uh, dump trucks that are overloaded, all that over overloaded weight adds stress to your infrastructures and really creates damage to streets. So we have scales and we weigh the trucks if we don't need... We need reasonable cause. We don't need reasonable suspicion to think they're overweight. Certain signs that the tires are deflated or the springs are compressed, stuff like that. So you bring them to a scale. If they're overweight, you ticket them. And then you have to make them unload it, bring another truck over or whatever. You park the car. And they have to pay sometimes thousands of dollars with the fines. And then the city that, that impounds them gets money. So they had a daytime truck officer guy. So he had texted me like six months ago and said, hey, would you like to do overnight trucks? And I'm like, I don't want to work overnight anymore. I'm done working overnight. Thanks, though, Dan. So just this week, on Wednesday, he texted me and said, hey, 
my truck guy left, the daytime truck guy. He goes, when are you getting out of Schiller? I'm like, the day I get a job offer, <laughs> I can leave any time. He's like, would you be interested in doing it during the day? He put in for a grant. It would fund the uh, program for three years, starting in September or October, to make it a full-time position, Monday through Friday, for three years. And they have enough, enough money in the budget left now to get to September or October as a full-time position. So I told him I'm definitely interested. I just need to find out how much money and if there's any other benefits like, you know, insurance and stuff. Yeah, because that's kind of important. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep the insurance from the police department now. I have to pay for it. It's half. I, once you get rid of it, you can never get it back, so it's stupid not to keep it, even though it's yeah going to be, you know, 400-something bucks a month. But... That way, if I ever decided just to retire, retire, not do any work, I'd still have insurance. So you got to keep it. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, that was a positive thing. Um, still waiting to hear back from the city that I interviewed with three weeks ago. Wednesday, it'll be three weeks in two days. And I told the chief this. I said, I'm still waiting to hear, hear back from this city. And he was friends with the chief who died two days before my interview. So he said, you know, the chief just died. I said, yeah, it was two days before my interview. I thought they would postponed the interviews he said well maybe they postponed everything else you know in the search um but they should be getting back to you soon i would imagine it's it'll be three weeks so i keep waking up on a monday or a friday thinking hey, i'm gonna have a message would you like this job Oop. Yeah, nothing yeah, nothing <laughs> so anyways silence that's a work update for like a job so I, i'm gonna look into doing the truck stuff um, monday through friday that might be something uh, something i want to do he's yeah, a friend of something mine fun for you he runs a great department one of our other detectives retired and went there to do the IT stuff. My buddy's the mayor there. I mean, come on. It's a good thing. I told him I'm really rusty because I haven't done a truck in a while. He's like, yeah, no problem. We'll get you in a class. I'm like, all right, cool. Cool beans. All right, what's the date, Brandon? T today is yeah. June 20th. Monday. Okay. So we recorded on last Sunday, which would have been the 12th. 12th. All right. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm just looking back. I, I think I got us picked up where we, uh, where we're going to pick up here. All right. Hugh said piano music. It's actually me playing that piano. Bullshit. You're right. I don't play piano. My wife does. You're not a pianist? No. Been called a penis before. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get serious, Mike. All right. Wico Miko. I know you said get serious, and then I, I start off with Wico Miko County Sheriff's Office in Maryland. It might be Wicomico. Um, Deputy First Class Glenn R. Hilliard. His end of watch was Sunday, June 12th, 2022. From gunfire, Deputy First Class Glenn Hilliard was shot and killed in Pittsville while attempting to arrest a man wanted on multiple felony warrants from several jurisdictions. Deputy Hilliard saw the man leaving his apartment at Gumboro Road and attempted to open, oh, I'm sorry, and attempted to arrest him. The man fled on foot and then opened fire on Dep Deputy Hilliard as he pursued him. Deputy Hilliard was fatally wounded during the shooting. 
The man continued to flee after shooting Deputy Hilliard, but was arrested later in the night. He was charged with first-degree murder, second-degree murder, first-degree assault, second-degree assault, reckless endangerment, and the use of a firearm in the commission of a violent crime. Deputy Hilliard had served with the Wicomico County's Sheriff's Office for six years and had previously served with the Berlin Police Department for 10 years. He was survived by his wife and three children. He was 41 years old. El Monte Police Department in California. This is the one I was mentioning just a little while ago. Tuesday, June 14th, 2022, Corporal Michael Paredes and Police Officer Joseph Santana, both of the El Monte Police Department, were killed due to gunfire. Corporal Michael Paredes and Police Officer Joseph Santana were shot and killed while responding to a domestic violence call on Garvey Avenue at 4.45 p.m., Corporal Paredes and Officer Santana responded to a report of a possible stabbing between a boyfriend and girlfriend. When they arrived at the hotel room, they were met with gunfire. The subject fled into the parking lot and responding officers exchanged gunfire with the suspect. Both officers were taken to the L.A. County USC Medical Center where they succumbed to their wounds. The subject was shot and killed. Corporal Paredes served with the El Monte Police Department for 22 years. He is survived by his wife, son, and daughter, and police officer Santana, excuse me, had served with the El Monte Police Department for one year and previously served with the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Office for three years. He is survived by his wife, daughter, and two sons. He was 31 years old. And Fremont County Sheriff's Office in Iowa, Deputy Sheriff Austin W. Melvin Richardson, end of watch also on Tuesday, June 14th, 2022, from an automobile crash. Deputy Richardson succumbed to injuries sustained in a collision with a harvesting combine on Highway 275. At about 12.35 p.m., the combine was traveling southbound on Highway 275. Deputy Richardson was driving northbound when his vehicle collided with the combine. The combine was wider than the lane, and Deputy Richardson's left front tire collided with the machine. Deputy Richardson had served with the Fremont County Sheriff's Office for seven years and had served in law enforcement for more than 15 years. He had previously served with the Sydney Police Department and Auburn Police Department. He was survived by his wife and three children. He was 37 years old. Damn. You know, not many of us see farming equipment while we're working, but that last apartment no. I worked at was out in the country. It was a city yeah. out in the country that makes any sense. And we would see combines driving and tractors driving down the road to get farmers from one end of their fields to the other. It wasn't a rare thing for us out there, but it was rare for me because I came from just outside Chicago, you know, working for 15 years to go work out there in the farm area where 
I was told, like one of the first days I was there, the story of the chief trying to chase a cow down that I'd gotten out, and the chief is running next to the cow. <laughs> and then the chief got in front of the cow, and he's dancing trying to, to stop him, which you, apparently you don't do because the cow will just run over you. Yeah, the cow's bigger. The yeah. cow wins that fight. And then you know, that's one of the chief's stories because he came from a department that was from the city I actually live in. He was a soup, you know, he worked here for 20 years before he became the chief out there. So he was dealing with regular bullshit too, not cow stuff when he went out there. It was pretty funny, actually. But yeah, that's crazy, man. Uh, I never heard that one before. So yeah, that's, that's new. You know, as something popped into my head and randomly things will, because um, I know we usually talk about pretty serious stuff, but this is one, it's hilarious and it's awesome and it made my day. Okay. So I'm driving into my district to start the day. And this was like Wednesday. And I stop at a red light. And this Lexus SUV pulls up next to me at the light. And I do what I always do. I look over and just to see who's who's next to me. And uh, the guy looks back to me. And he smiles and he, he points. And then he goes, and he points to himself. And then he goes like rock, paper, scissors. Okay. All right. I, I look at him for a second. Like, Fuck yeah, I'm down. Let's go. So we sat there and we, I mean, for a, like the entirety of the red light, like we're matching each other back and forth, oh. back and forth. And then finally he throws a uh, paper when I went rock and beat me. I was like, son of a bitch. And I look at him like light screen. <laughs> so I slow roll it as he takes off and I pull him behind him and I light him up. Oh, you're in your squad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so I light him up. I pull him all the way over and then I take off. <laughs> and as I go past him, I point at him, I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. So that was that was the like gives you a little bit of hope. Yeah. A little smile and like eh, not everybody's a dick. Right. No one's yelling, don't violate my rights today. Not yeah. everybody. It was just a, a very spirited game of rock, paper, That's scissors. That's very cool. Usually I get the guys that pull up next to me and they want to race. They'll do the and I'll, I'll laugh with them, and then I'll punch it and take off. <laughs> like, I'll even go through a red light. I don't care. Just, ah. <laughs> See, yes, I'll I let can. them take off, and then yeah. I just pull them behind me and go, boom. Yeah, that's funny. Was it worth it? We needed some levity. <laughs> so um, there's only one thing I want to talk about with um, the woodworking Porsche. Uh, portion. Sorry, I got... Distracted by another job offer coming in via text message. I was say, did you just have a stroke? <laughs> I am of the age. <laughs> um, so, All right, this is happening live. Mike, what's the job offer? Well, this one is at the Rockford Airport, which is about 40 miles west of me. Okay. Just a regular job, Monday through Friday. I don't know if it's like 25 bucks an hour, some bullshit. But it would just be a normal person job, nothing fancy. But she was... The McDonald's manager in my where I work, we're friends, so she texted me to give me her husband's phone number because her husband's the one looking for guys to work. So I'm going to call him tomorrow. Well, there you go. Um, so anyways, what do you have? You've got nothing basically going on in the shop, right? Because I only have one thing I want to mention really quick, and then I'm, I'm done. So I, I have what some might call a dilemma. Okay. Uh, but it's it's kind of a good problem. I don't really know how to handle it. Um, so I joined a, a like a Facebook group 
it's like stone coat countertops, uh, okay. like insiders. So the people that oh, have cool. used it or, or work with it. And, uh, I had posted in there like, Hey, um, for those of you that started this, it's like started a business in California, you know, what kind of roadblocks did you, did you run into or any kind of licensing thing? Cause I had looked up a couple things and it looked like I was going to need some specialized contractor license. Okay. And there's a couple people that confirmed my suspicions. I was like, all right, well shit. And this lady left a comment saying, Hey, um, I have a rather large kitchen and bathroom that I want to completely cover in resin. Could you, you know, what's your experience and was it a job? Send me some pictures of your work. I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. So, I saw that and I kind of laughed. I'm like, well, legally speaking, I can't do it because I don't have that special contractor's license. Oh, right. So, I would be opening myself up to losing everything if she were just to be unhappy. So I sent her a message. I go, look, I go full transparency and honesty. I'm not a licensed contractor. I, I have no, no nothing. All right. I've used epoxy once it was in my kitchen. Turned out pretty damn good. Turned out amazing. Yes. Um, I do this on the side and I mean, there might be a workaround, which I think I've thought of one, but it wouldn't work for her. Um, Well, because she wants to just re-pour her countertops in place because she's already poured it once. She just wasn't happy with the outcome. Okay. So she wants to do a top coat. No, she wants to completely like sand it all back and then redo it. Okay. Which my workaround for a lot of this stuff would be, well, if I build the countertops offsite and they have either a contractor install it or they install it themselves, then it could work. Sure. Um, but she responds to she goes, I don't care if you're not a contractor. Or licensed like, or bonded. Or licensed or any of that stuff. I'm like, okay. And she sends me pictures and they like it like just looking at it and thinking about it in my head, like this would probably be if I like just rough essence, probably five, six thousand dollar job minimum. Like, uh, I, and I don't really know how to approach it because, on the one hand, I would love to do this and I would love to take this woman's money because she lives somewhat close by. Okay. And the experience would be great. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I don't want to open myself up to be sued. Well, nobody wants that. <laughs> I do that enough at my regular job. So I'm not 100% sure on how I want to go about this. All right. Um, very interesting. Maybe someone yeah. can write us in one of the numerous places that they can reach us. For their opinions. Which which we will go over. Yeah. In a moment. In but, a little while. Yeah, I don't really know how to how to approach that because the and like I said, the one hand I would love to take this person's money and do this because I think I had I had a ton of fun working with, with the epoxy. Um in fact I'm gonna start the final 
portion of the the window seal for the garden window and the final little backsplash piece, I'm going to start doing that stuff tomorrow. Um, I probably won't pour tomorrow. I'll probably pour next weekend. But on the other hand, there's a lot of liability that goes with doing that. Yeah, you're going to do all the work in her home. Well, yeah. Right. I'm hoping I don't drop this kitchen island on someone's feet uh, <laughs> when I'm trying to put it in and, and get sued. Yeah. So, you know. So, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It, it, it's, I, I, I call it a good problem to have. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic that she, someone offered a job for you to do that. After, you sent her pictures, obviously, of your work. Yeah, I sent her pictures yeah, of the, your kitchen turned out of our kitchen that countertop stuff i told you i might end up doing that in my house next year when i do the kitchen so yeah it's a great option and yeah, by then so. you'll be a, you'll be an epoxy master yeah which and this is one of the things i hate so much about california is that they overregulate everything so even to get this contractor license i have to have four years of journeyman experience that's stupid yeah I can just get an LLC here, and I was going to do that, but I really don't need it at the moment unless I start doing more cabinet work. Yeah. But that would And it's funny me. because it specifically states in there, like, epoxy countertops. I'm like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you, just, you can't let me have one thing, can you, California? Right. You can't have nothing. Nope. They want but that's pretty much it. Um, right. I'm going to... I think tomorrow uh, we're in the middle of potty training the youngest. Uh, so it's a lot of hovering over her. <laughs> okay. And every five minutes, like, Hey, let's go sit on the toilet. Let's right. go do that. Um, so I think tomorrow I'm going to do a lot of also because it's going to be hot as fucking Satan's asshole. That's hot. Um, that's real hot. That's, hot. That's, that's like Satan's asshole after he's had some jalapenos. Very hot. That's very hot. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do some computer work. And I think I'm going to do some, uh, come like do some of the designs for signs. Oh, cool. Uh, Cause that's kind of what I was waiting for was to be done with the kitchen before I started moving on to kind of revamping the Etsy page. Like I've talked about, yeah. um, leaving flags up there, but then taking down maybe cutting boards or something like that. Um, and going pretty sign heavy the, and put the laser to work. Yeah. So I have any, Oh, speaking of the laser. And I wanted to ask you this when, if we're done, I'll get to my thing. Cause this, yeah, I'm done. I got nothing else. Okay. Um, I got the face frame on the, on the kitchen Island. It looks fantastic. It, we were talking in the live or in the pre-show. I don't know about it being one thirty second of an inch off to the left or some bullshit. I got to know if I'm going to mess with it, but, um, yeah, 30 second one way and a 64th the other. Yeah. Something like that. Like you, you realize how little that is. I know. So I don't know. We'll see what's... I can sand the side that's over. But on the other side that's under, I don't know if I should fill it with wood putty or not. Because I have to fill the wood putty where the seam of the face frame meets the cabinet anyways, you know? Because I want that to be all, like, look like one piece. Yeah, you could probably... You know what you could do? It's a little bit outside the box. Bondo. Yeah, I haven't used Bondo yet, so... First time I used it was during the countertops. (laughs) Yeah, do you have to mix something in it, or does it come mixed? So you have to mix in the hardener. Okay. Um, and does it sand okay? It sands amazing. Okay. So it, and it takes paint really well. All right, maybe I'll grab some tomorrow at the auto parts store. You can I, get it at Home Depot. All right, I have a wood filler. 
Oh, it's actually right here. I so, knew that was wood filler. That's what I called. Yeah. Um, but this stuff, shelf life, once you open it, isn't... Oh, yeah. It goes to waste, like, fast. Yeah. So you have to use... You have to use it like instantly. Yeah. So I have some left that I can use, but I've got about a hundred holes from the nails that I have to put in, you know, yeah. finish holes. So, um, and while this is open and you're taking stuff out, you know, the oxygen is making it dry, <laughs> which sucks. So maybe so the Bondo is better. With with the Bondo, um, my only suggestion would be to go light on the hardener. Because I tried to like follow their instructions and get that exact amount, and I had about five minutes of working time with oh, it before yeah. it started setting up. Yeah, I would need more time. So, I so the, well once I kind of got the rhythm of like, all right, get a bunch of bondo and then just a little bit of hardener and get it, you know, good and mixed up, and then you you have a lot more time to work with it. It's just going to take longer for it to set up before you can sand. Okay. Well, I'm at the point with the uh, island where I'm building doors next, right? I've got the face frame on. I need to take all the clamps off. If I hit my fucking head one more time on the clamp, I'm going to kill myself. Um, I want to paint the inside of it, not primer it because it's on the inside, but I'm going to put some paint on the inside of the face frame and then um, fill all the nail holes. And then those ends have to make them look like it's one solid piece and then build the doors. So I was hoping this week I'm off Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I wanted to get the doors done this week. I actually wanted to get a lot of it done this week, but I have the damn video I have to shoot for the door lock company <laughs> and the damn video I have to shoot for that company with the paint um, things that hold up panels and shit. Yeah. So anyways, with the vanity, that's right. Or the island. Sounds like you overcommitted. Yeah, I did. But I, I'm going to use that door lock on our garage door, the service door that comes into the mudroom. Yeah. Because it's always locked when on the weekends when I come home from work and Kim's sleep and I have to use a key and this yeah. way the kids if they you can't lock yourself out we all we all come in from the garage door so I don't want to put it on the front yeah. of the house I'll put it in the garage door so I'm gonna do that um, but what I want to do with this vanity and what I was thinking about asking you but I finally ordered something on Amazon I want to start putting when I do a big piece like this a custom engraved nameplate so I okay. want to do it engrave it on my CNC, but at this time I, I ran out of time because this is something I, I want to get done fast, and I haven't even... With my laser, I can do it, I'm sure. Or with my CNC, I bought a special 30-degree um, CNC bit for engraving, but I wanted to find where I can find that stock, like the 3M plastic that's engravable but looks like brass, you know. Okay. Like, I've seen it for light burn. Um, I don't know where to get any of that stuff. So one question I wanted to ask you is where I can find, I, I did a Google search. I don't know what I'm looking for, what it's called. So I would, I would look one on Amazon and two, if it's not on Amazon, I would look at, uh, on Instagram, their name is, uh, like laser beast labs. Okay. Uh, they, they sell one, they engrave stuff Two, They also sell blanks. All right. I, uh, so I would look through the blanks that they have available on their website. Um, I don't know if they'll have just acrylic or if they'll have like brass or something like that. The only thing is with the diode laser, I, I don't know if you'll have to uh, put like a tempura paint on it or something like that. So like if I want to etch glass, yeah, I have to basically coat the ga- uh, the um, the glass in oh. tempura paint. Okay. 
and well, then it'll it'll engrave it and etch it, and then I can wash the paint off, okay. and it looks fine. I can also try and find the blanks for the CNC, right? So there's also that. I ended up finding a guy in the United States on Amazon that will engrave my plaque for me. Um, I think it's going to be three, two by four or three by six, one of the two, and it's going to say custom made by hand for Erica and Kevin, you know, their last name, by Michael Marazzo of Marazzo Woodworking, and then 2022. And I want to then, with brass screws, I want to put it on the inside. I don't know where on the inside, maybe on a door or on the lower corner. You know, I don't know yet where to put it. but Maybe put it up, like, high underneath the countertop next to one of the corbels. Oh, on the outside? Yeah. I'll have to ask her about it because I don't know if they're going to want to. And then this one I got was actually brass. So I want to start doing it where you inlay it, you know, if it's real brass. Yeah. And just to kind of epoxy it in. Yeah. So anyways, um, I reached out to Christy at Oak Hill Millworks first because she's doing a bunch of laser stuff. Yeah, she is. But she's doing only big batch orders right now and has no time to do small one-offs. So... But that's the first person I thought of because she's got the big laser set up. And I know Fa from Touch My Woodworks, he just got a, a big laser he set up. A couple of guys are now getting the big laser system. I know. I'm jealous. In time. I haven't I have even space fired it. up my small laser yet. So I, would, I honestly, I would love to get a second Ortor that's a little bit more powerful that I yeah. can cut with. Okay. And I would love to do run one that is strictly set up for the rotary to do, you know, tumblers yeah. or whatever. And the other one set up to cut and engrave. Yeah, that'd be cool. But, All right, we have some questions. We do. And this is going long, so we should get to the questions. Yeah. This is our stream of consciousness episode. Which one should we do first? Should we do David Franklin's or should we do JB's? Do David. You have JB's. I have David Franklin, so. Correct. Yeah, so do JB's. Are we only going to do one? Let's do them both. Oh, okay. yeah, okay. You asked JB's question. Okay. Uh, this is from JB underscore Byers Woodworking on Instagram. Justin What's Byers. some of y'all's favorite things to build or make in the shop or one of your favorite projects? Mike, favorite project? I just got a second screenshot of you up on my computer for some reason. I don't know why. That's weird. Why would you do that? I don't know. The cat hasn't touched anything. All right. Um, one of the favorite projects I've ever done, ever? Yeah. Or things that you like making in the shop. Is this a shop project or does customers count too? Well, let's. it says favorite things, some of your, your favorite things to build or make in the shop or okay. one of your favorite projects. All right. I'm going to go with a favorite project because I haven't really made a lot of stuff in my shop for the shop yet, except, you know, benches and bullshit. So um, yeah. I'm going to make a router table at some point. That'll be fun. But I think I'm most proud of the two um, bathroom vanities I've built for myself. You know, one was a turned leg vanity and one was a regular vanity. I've never, ever built a vanity before. I didn't know how to do it. 
And I did one before I even had a shop, a wood shop. I just had a, you know, contractor table saw and uh, some lights. So that was the first one I did. And they were actually pieces of furniture that are functioning in my house. And they will be here after I sell the house. And I think those are pretty cool. And that's what gave me the confidence to do this island. So that's what I would nice. have to say. Uh, I have two. I have two favorite projects. Um, one would be the closet insert that's in this room, uh, which used to be my son's room before he decided to switch to the bigger room. Um, but that one's my favorite just because he helped me build it. It was basically three days of him and I spending eight hours a day together um, putting this thing together. So it was it was a lot of great quality, you know, father-son time. Um, and I absolutely love the way it came out. And that partially gave me the confidence to do the kitchen, which is my other favorite project. Because there's no logical reason... <laughs> For that kitchen to look as good as it does. I mean, so much of that was um, just straight up first time doing anything and saying, fuck it and full send. Um, I'd never worked with epoxy before. I'd never worked with Bondo before. I'd never even worked with MDF before. And I ripped up my entire kitchen and built it all back up and it looks like i have marble countertops sitting in my kitchen now there's of course there's imperfections right but that thing looks fucking great and i we you know i did the whole thing with my wife um it was a learning experience for both of us neither one of us had ever tiled anything before or grouted anything and all we did was just put our noses to the grindstone and we got it done and we got it done in, in all honesty, like three weeks, we got it done insanely fast. So, and that's three weeks with being able to work on it, maybe two full days a week. Right. So I'm, I'm super proud of that one. I, I forget that I did stuff before I came to this house and had a wood shop and was doing woodworking. Cause I, my last house, we had a four bedroom colonial like we have here a little bit bigger yeah but we had the kids were on one side of the house upstairs their bedrooms and then on our side it was the master bedroom suite and then a, a, a fourth bedroom and i i took that door out and walled that off and then i opened the wall between the two bedrooms i put in mm -hmm. built-in bookshelves french doors leading to the other room can lighting and an 11 by 7 walk-in closet and i had a suite up there it was like fucking a fucking hotel we had a bed and a walk-in closet with built-in bookshelves on one side of the French doors and on the other side where the bedroom used to be. Living room furniture, big screen TV, you know, a remodeled bathroom. It was fucking amazing. And that's what sold my house. Yeah. And I forget that I did that because now I just, I'm here for so long and I actually have a wood shop and I do this other stuff. But I think maybe that would have to be my all-time favorite. Yeah. Never hung doors. I'm doing French doors in an opening that I framed out. I mean, it was pretty cool. So that was, uh, it was actually funny. I had a buddy send me a, a message today. He goes, Hey, uh, how hard is it to replace a door jam? The whole door jam. I, yeah. Cause his dog freaked out. I just laughed. I go, that's a good question. I don't know. I've never done it, but I bet you it's doable. <laughs> yeah. It's not very hard. 
just need a bunch of shims, and uh, you cut the old one out, and then put the new one in, and put shims in it, and make sure it's plumb. And, yeah, uh, level that's so I, and I got a feeling I'm going to end up helping him. Nail it. Not hard. Because <laughs> his, his dog ripped up the trim uh, to the door one time, so I got to use my trim buddy. Oh, there you go. I still haven't used to, mine. Uh, to help him put the new trim up. They're still waiting <laughs> for me to do a video for trim buddy. Oh, for shit's sake. <laughs> it's right up there on my <laughs> and, and speaking of videos, I think because I've had enough people kind of ask me about the countertop epoxy stuff that uh, when I do the garden window stuff, I think I'm going to really try and film a lot of it. You should. That'd be uh, cool. Whether I put it in stories or, you know, put a video together and make it like an Instagram video because I, I just don't think I'm going to have the time or the patience to put together uh, yeah. more than one YouTube video right. and I don't want to waste my time making a YouTube channel for one video. Sorry, the cat just pushed the button that blocked your sound. <laughs> and I just right. figured out that I can actually record in 4K on this phone. Oh, no, yeah, I can too. Nice. Cool. Because that's the way of the future. Yeah. All right, we have David Franklin's question. All right, what's David's question? Here we go. What's going on, guys? David from 516 Woodworks. Seems like it's been forever since I've sent you guys a question. Well, so it's been a whole one week, for this David. week. What is a jig or a template that you have made that has helped out in your shop? Been making a bunch of concealment flags and shadow boxes, and I tell you what, some of the jigs and templates I've been making has been helping me out tremendously. I think without them, I'd be tearing my hair out. So what's helping you out in the shop? Look forward to hearing your answer. Stay safe on the street, guys. Thanks, David. Uh, have you made any jigs? First of all, David's making concealment flags, and I've got guys that want them, so I need to learn how to make them. So I need to. I've made one. It's it's actually not that hard. Uh, the horrible thing is the shipping because I made one uh, that was a Christmas gift a couple of years ago and shipped it to Wyoming. Yeah. And fucking UPS. What about pirate ship? Well, I didn't know UPS through pirate ship. Oh, oh, okay. No, I'm not even talking about the cost. I'm talking about the condition oh, okay. in which it, it arrived. arrived. Right, I remember that. Oh, my God. Like, my my heart fell out of my asshole. Yeah. So. I'm going to have to ask David it, for some, where to get the, you know, the hinges and the locks and stuff like that. Amazon. That's where I got all mine. Okay. The, pneuma- the little pneumatic struts, Amazon. The one thing is make sure you get, like, the the stronger of the, th- the thinner ones because I got one that was kind of like the mid-grade one and it couldn't hold the lid open. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to so put... So I had to send them back and... Yeah, I don't know if I want to get those that pop, you know, like they open up like that or if I want to get um, soft-closed sliding drawers and to slide it off to the side. You know, there's different okay. ways to do the concealment yeah. flags. Yeah, so. there's a there's a thousand different ways to do yeah. it. I like the pneumatic ones because I used the, like, key card yeah. little thing. So it would and it beep it and open. then it would... Lat, it would unlatch, but it was the lid was heavy enough to where it would hold it closed, and all you had to do was oh. just lift it up. And then, but once it came up, man, that sucker was up. Right. Um, so, have you made any jigs in your shop? Because I buy jigs. I have no jigs. <laughs> oh, I, I did make a planer sled for my planer that I haven't used. I thought I would need it more than I do. <laughs> so when I I, I yeah I, I got nothing. Um, I did watch a video with it was I think it was Lincoln Street Woodworking on 
on uh, YouTube, but he made let it was the video where he makes his Death Star shelving unit. And my son is super into Star Wars right now, so I'm kind of thinking about building that one. In which case, I'll make a circle jig. Oh, all right. I uh, don't have any that I've made, David. I buy a lot of jigs because I'm dumb. <laughs> Instead of taking the time to actually make a jig, I just pay someone to do it for me. But, you know, I have micro jig makes an awesome jig for tapered legs that I bought that goes on the table saw. I've never used it. Um, Craig jig makes a number of jigs that I have used and bought. One of them being recently that um, shelf pin hole jig, which is an unbelievable tool. It was, I was, I, I've had it for three years, never used it. The other day it was so much fun just drilling the holes in there and then putting the pin in and then adding it on. You know, I, it, that jig was awesome. Then I have the door, uh, door jig that when you make the doors, it puts the oh, European yeah, for that. cup, the holes. Yeah. And I, those things are uh, irreplaceable. Well, I guess I do have some shop. of those jigs. Like I have like the, um, the drawer pool one that Craig makes. Yeah. Um, I had one of those shelf pin ones. It wasn't the Craig one. I wish I would have bought that one, but um, Lowe's was out and I needed it like that weekend. Yeah. So I bought some crappy one off of Amazon where the bit literally exploded on me. Nice. Um, and then I chucked it and my son heard the word fuck for the first time. So that was a fun experience. Um, I wanted to make a jig for my flags because, you know, when I was down in Idaho a few months ago, uh, I was at my buddy's house, my buddy Doug, and he does flags, and he has an MDF jig that he made. It's just a little bit bigger than the flag size, like I don't know if it's half inch or three-quarter inch MDF, and then it's got the right and left corners put together, and then he puts all the wood in there and then just puts a a clamp this way, and that's how he – then he – Puts his stuff together, and I'm I've got this elaborate setup with wooden blocks I made. Oh, that I guess that would be a jig, a wooden blocks. There you that, go. That's a jig that my aluminum bar clamps sit in, and then so it's raised up off the ground so you can put F clamps on the sides. You know what I mean yeah. when I when I clamp the calls on and stuff. It takes me forever to set it up where I can just if I had one of those MDF boards, and tried it that way. But I was afraid of the wood buckling in the middle if you're trying to clamp it and nothing's yeah. holding it down. Right? I don't know. So whatever, but uh, I don't have many jigs, David. Maybe you can share some plans with yours. I did make a jig. I made a um, jointing jig. What's that? It didn't work. Oh, so it's, for the table saw? Yeah. Okay. So it's got the little hold down things. Um, yeah. I could probably screw with it a little bit and make it a tapering jig. But okay. Yeah, I was just like, oh, yeah, this will work fine. And I, like, I ran a piece through there, and it was still all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> like nice. this is bullshit. I'm an idiot. Maybe I should stop. I should no longer woodwork. I, I should be a welder. Right. Damn it. Maybe I'll be a car mechanic, yeah. which All is right. something I kind of want to get into a little bit. I mean, my dad owns the, you know, boneyard customs. Hold on. Let me, I have full house here. Let me just rotate it. <laughs> there, we there we go. Um, but no, it'd be kind of nice to have a little bit more know-how there. Yeah. I'm all over car stuff. I was a mechanic and, when I was a teenager, so. That doesn't bother me. And and more tools. More tools. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's wrap this puppy up, shall we? Okay. Folks, like, subscribe, please. It would mean a lot to us. It means a lot to Mike. He gets sad. So sad. Um, if you have questions, you can do like David Franklin does and record your voice. 
while you're driving your car. And then email that to handcuffsandsawdustpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can be like JB and send it via DM on Instagram to at Morazzo Woodworking, at Full House Woodworking, or at Handcuffs and Sawdust Podcast. Good night, everybody. Stay safe on the street and in the shop. Peace. <laughs>